Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side today. Another special episode lined up for you, but this time I mean special, special, special. I'm so special like Movado special. Listen, we got Chastity Hart on the podcast today, man. Chastity is somebody who I met in high school, and I have not seen her since. Chastity is a singer slash actress out here doing amazing things, uh, teaching drama, all kinds of things, man. Chastity is just a one-stop shop. But what makes Chastity a very special person and why I wanted her on the podcast is she is someone who possesses extreme resilience, extreme willpower, someone who has gone through things that many people could not imagine. But however, she is still here pushing and literally striving and succeeding. So I wanted to get her on the podcast, talk about those trials and tribulations. And I guess I'll put, you know, it's not a spoiler alert, but Chastity is someone who has survived lupus. And when I mean survived, I mean she has beat lupus in the face. And I'm very proud of her, man. And she is someone who I really enjoy talking to. What an incredible episode, having her energy fill the room. Chastity is just someone that you want to be around all the time. She is just nothing but laughs and uh, hilarity. Shout out to Chastity, man. Good people. Like we said, we're going to start hanging out a lot more. It's kind of, you know, building a friendship. That would be great, man. Uh, so, check it out. Um, well, what do I need you guys to do before we, we, before we play this interview? Do I need you guys to do anything? Oh, yeah. The one thing I always ask you to do. Share this podcast with somebody. Please send it to a friend. Send it to your mom. Send it to your brother, your sister, whoever. Send it to them. Let them listen to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Share, rate, all that good stuff. And let me know if you like the podcast. Instagram, C-A-S-S-4-Q-L. That's where you can find me. And uh, if this podcast is out before Saturday, September 21st, Thoughts Over Coffee Live, Trap Out the Kitchen is happening. Um, be there. Guess what? Got a live panel. We got Celebrity Chef, Chef T. Will. We got Chef Boy Ali. We got Pastry Chef Nadia. And guess what? Chassis is going to be there too. So make sure you're there. Free RCP. RCP right there. Event. Right. It is right there in the description of this podcast. Click it, reserve, and it's free. Do it. So I won't hold you up any longer. Here it is, my conversation with Chastity Hart. Let's go. All right. So we're here, Chastity. Hey. Of course, uh, as I always say, the intro's already done. So okay. don't worry about it. Intro's done in post production, and we've already been there, done that. Bam, bam. So. Let me introduce my guest. Chastity is here. Hey, y'all. you know by your full name? Chastity Hart? Chastity Shanae Hart. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Chastity ooh, Shanae Hart. <laughs> no, Chastity Hart. And I would call her a songstress and actress. Yes, that is me. That is yeah. me. Yeah. Chastity um, has a very interesting story. Shout out to you and your Voyage article. Thank you. Um, I got hooked. To, I got tipped to that. I think you posted it. I read the whole thing. I was like, man, this is amazing. Thank you know, you. you're a very special person. Thank you. Know, you. to have the tenacity and, and, and will Ooh. that you have. Yes, love. <laughs> but we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Okay. Um, I know you since high school. Yes, it's we insane. have. So Chastity 
was a part of like the cool girl clique, right? Ah, it, it, shout out to Dominique. <laughs> shout out to Dominique. <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, we were, I don't think we were like friends, friends, but we were associates. We were cool. We yeah. were cool. We, we were had, cool. You know, what no pressure. I, I think we cool. had, um, I think we had, what's that? Home economics together. I don't know, Miss Staten or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I can't know. remember. But I remember you step right. No, never. No, no. Ooh, wait, I, I've never had enough coordination for step. <laughs> I've never had enough coordination. Okay, for step. maybe we were at the step show. When yeah. we spoke. I just remember you guys hanging about by the portables for some reason. I don't know. Damn, we did used to be by them portables. Yeah, being mischievous. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Chastity's here, and um, you know, like we do on this podcast, we have entrepreneurs, we have creatives on who want to tell their stories, and we kind of mm-hmm. go through that and then hopefully extract gems and knowledge that people can learn from and take with them and then apply it to their own lives. I accept. You know what I mean? Yes, black man. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm here for. Yes, thank you, yes. thank you. Thank you, Queen. Yes. So, Tessie, where are you from? Louisiana. Nagadish, Louisiana, originally. Nagadish. Nagadish. Really? Mm-hmm. How big is that? Like, oh, child. How many people we got? I don't know how many people we got. I know we got one high school. Okay. So yeah. pretty small. Pretty small. Everybody know everybody. Like, okay. They call you by your last name or you a heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. Yeah. No relation to Kevin. I don't know. Maybe. You know, we might be kids somewhere down the line. We'll figure it out, you know. Maybe. When I make it, I'm going to know if that's my cousin or not. Right. <laughs> so what's that like growing up down there? Oh, it was fun, you know. Um, a lot of being outside, going to church. We was always, I love going to church. It wasn't mm. nothing else to do. But I like going to church. You know, uh-huh. wasn't no mean kids there. Yeah. So I was always at the church, uh-huh. um, eating a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. Eat crawfish balls. Ooh, Louisiana. Mm, a lot of crawfish. That's one thing I miss, crawfish. So I noticed as we're talking, you've never said baby yet. Is that just like a, a New Orleans That's a South Louisiana thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm from North Louisiana. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So the accent is completely different. But, I mean, you similar though. Similar to a certain extent, but no, because it's really not that similar. Mm. Like, we'll be closer to a Houston okay. accent yeah, than, true. Um, then, than uh, a South Louisiana Cajun they have, accent. What is it? They have the Cajun people type French. of... French. Right. You know, it's French Creole. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, they kind of made up their own thing down there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really. Right. Uh, so, what? So what's culture like growing up? So, you're in the church. Uh-huh. Uh, you grew up in the church. Yeah. Um, like you said, like kind of free, kind of playing outside, country life type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you into as a child? What was I into? I was in the church. Yeah. Really and truly, yeah. I sung in the church. I was shy. I didn't talk. So, um, that was my, like my little safe space. Uh-huh. I would be around old people. I knew the Bible, like the back of my hand. Hey. Lord, I need to get up in the book now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to, you know, that was, it's nothing to do in the country. You know, it ain't like it's a bunch of places to go. It ain't like we had no whole lot of money. So, right. you know, it was right. just, we was with family. So we had family get togethers and church and maybe the skating ring once in a blue moon. We mm. had one skating ring. Uh-huh. And then I think they got shut down. Oh, wow. And then the movies, that was an expensive trip. So, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you go to the movies for like, you know, not often. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like here where kids can just go everywhere. Right. Nah, it's different in the country. Right. So do you think you grew up in like a strict Christian home? Nah. Was, no? My daddy was a former crip, so okay. it was different. <laughs> Shout out to daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never felt like religion was forced on me. And then my daddy's a pastor. 
Oh wow. Um, so you know, he got saved from like off the street. Mm-hmm. And so it was different. Like I never felt forced or anything. Right. And like I said, like uh we was on my pastor's land, he like owns the most land in that town, the black mm-hmm. man that owns the most land down there. Uh-huh. And um, you know, he um was very strict mm-hmm. on his girls and um you know, they was all pregnant by the time they finished wow. high school. That's how it goes. You know, and we were kind of free. Like, we talked about everything. It wasn't, we could listen to whatever music we wanted okay, to. Okay, that was my next question. You know, I could sing whatever I wanted. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my daddy listened to a rap song with me to this day. You know, uh-huh. it, it's not like that cliche of right. you got to be a certain way to right. be a Christian or whatever, you know. Right. That makes people, you know, sh- shun away from me. Right. So. I ain't had that experience. Right. Okay. Thankfully. Right. That's why I still have a good relationship with God to this day. There you go. Right. You know, because right. it wasn't it wasn't forced. Like I had a pure mm-hmm. experience. It wasn't like you got to do this. You got to do it. Nah. Right. Right. That that mm-hmm. usually comes out to be the worst experience. Always. Especially that's why for children. It. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. That's why PKs are usually some the of the worst. Because you have to sneak and do everything. And if you don't know what a PK is, that's a preacher scare. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they say we bad, but I wasn't bad. I ain't have to be bad. Right. Mm-mm. Okay, so you grew up listening to all types of music, this yeah. and that. What What were you really into as far as music? Um, back then, I was in the um. I wasn't really singing yet like mm-hmm. that. Like I was just singing church here and there. But, you know, we used to like bounce music, mm. like all the Louisiana music. Uh-huh. Like I remember when um, we saw Lil Wayne them on TV. That was like our superstars. I bet. You know, like wow. the Hot Boys. We was like, we used to wait for that video to come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because they was from where we was from. And you don't really see nobody from Louisiana on TV back then. Right. Like that. It was right. like, that was a big deal. So we used to just listen to all the dance music. Wow. Like that was a thing every day. We uh-huh. finna dance. Cause Chad, you gotta shake, shake faster, shake. You know, all of it. <laughs> you know. So we used to have like <laughs> bounce lessons. Me and my little sister, she uh-huh. could always shake better than me back then. <laughs> but yeah, that's the stuff we would do. Wow. Country stuff, child. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you in Louisiana for? I moved here in middle school. So you moved to South Florida in yeah, middle school. Yeah, culture shock. Let's talk about that culture shock. <laughs> and um, wait, wait. Before we get there, why'd you move? My mom got a job transfer. Okay. Um. And what she do? She's the COO of Broward Community and Family Health Center. Okay. So they had great job two when they came here, um, and now they have six clinics. Um, they've opened up like four, nice. four or five more, and then they have a dental office. Nice, nice. Yeah. So she took a leap because you know we don't know nobody here. Uh-huh. We have no family here. Mm-hmm. It's literally just our, our family right. uh-huh. and our new Florida family. You know, uh-huh. I'm a Floridian now, <laughs> a country Floridian. Uh huh. So you get here. Uh-huh. Uh, you say you're in middle school? What yes. grade? Six. Six. Wow. So fresh in middle school. Terrible. And then Louisiana elementary goes to sixth grade. Oh, wow. And okay. then we had the seventh and eighth grade center. Okay. And then high school. And then high school. Which is weird, but that's right. how they did. Hey. Okay. So you get here, mm-hmm. and what are you thinking? Are you excited to move to Florida, or are you sad? No, I did not want to move. Mm-hmm. I, my sister was happy. She was little. I didn't want to move. I knew I, I knew everybody. I didn't want to go somewhere I had no friends. I was already shy. Mm-hmm. So I did not want to go anywhere where I didn't have friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So no, I was not looking forward to it at all. Only thing I was happy about was gonna have a, a nicer house, right? You know. But other than that, okay. So you get here and what happens? What do you What do you think at as a as a sixth grader? Ooh, well, we get here. Um, we lived in Sawgrass, an apartment in Sawgrass. Okay. And so I thought Florida only had white people. <laughs> And I was uh, telling my mama, I'm like, ain't no black people here. Everywhere we go is nothing but white people. Yeah, it's all grass. Yeah, yeah. And then I, we went to Walmart. And, you know, in Louisiana, you speak. Wherever you go, you speak. Um, 
And I went and we spoke to the people at Walmart. Nobody said nothing to us. They was looking at us like we was crazy, me and my little sister. And then I was like, they mean here, mama. They white and they mean. (laughs) (laughs) White and mean. (laughs) And so I thought it was nothing but white people. Then I got to school and then I was happy. I'm like, it's black people here because I went to Bell. Okay, you went to Bell. Wait, you went to Bell? Uh huh. That's fine. I don't remember you at Bell. Yeah, I went to Bell. And I was like, oh, mom, it got, it got black people at the school. Real black people, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so then I was happy about that. But then they told my mom it was a uniform school. So my mom bought me uniforms. And then when I got to the school, nobody had uniform. uniforms. We didn't know anything about a waiver. We from the country. But my mom had already spent all the money she had. We didn't have a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I had to wear uniforms that whole year. And everybody wow. had on regular clothes. Wow. So it was torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I had on a little skirt, a little right. skirt. Everybody else got on regular clothes. Wow. Yeah. Terrible times. <laughs> Terrible times. Terrible times. And then my hair was going flicked. It was just, and the kids was cussing. <laughs> yeah, totally different than country. They didn't say yes, ma'am. Right. No, ma'am. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, was, it was just, it was very fast different. Mm-hmm. You know, saying things I would have never seen right. when I was a little girl. Right. Um. You know, and just being rude to adults, like, that was just unheard of in the country. Because mm-hmm. they'll tell your mama, everybody know everybody. So it's like, you're not rude to the teacher at the school. You're going to get a whooping from the teacher and the, your right. mom and the man home. So right. it was just a whole nother world. Right. Different. <laughs> All right. So you, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the midst of South Florida, mm-hmm. kind of adapt, kind of getting used to the culture, I guess. Yeah. Um, my friends helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, they helped me not be so uh, naive. Right. I think I was very naive. Okay, so how'd you? So what do you say? How'd you learn to kind of adapt? Um, through watching how my friends maneuvered, mm-hmm. really, because um, I think I was just too naive and too quiet. Like I didn't, I wasn't somebody like who was gonna stand up for myself or say much. I was very shy, so I could easily be taken advantage of mm-hmm. in the situations, or you know, kind of just be easily bullied because I just wasn't going to say nothing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friends, they was kind of like my little protectors. Like, they wasn't going to let nobody bother me because mm-hmm. they knew I was, like, really sweet and nice right. from this girl from Louisiana. You know, I don't know how these people are down here, right, the mean right. kids, you right, know. Right. So they kind of helped me. And then, you know, once I kind of broke out, we was good, you know. We was funny, and mm-hmm. we kind of became the popular girls, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eventually, after sixth grade, <laughs> my torture year. <laughs> Right. Okay. So by you, eighth grade, we was the, we was them girls. Yeah, he was. By then, we was known. <laughs> right. Okay. So you adapt to South Florida culture. Mm-hmm. Are you into singing yet, or? I was. I still wasn't really singing like that. I was singing at church by that time. Mm-hmm. We had joined the church here. Like I said, church was always safe space, mm-hmm. so I could sing at church. Um, and I think I was like singing for something at schools, like a yearbook thing or something, like best voice. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, shoot, I start walking around singing to people. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the gist of it. Like I was always shy about my talent. Mm-hmm. I didn't really put it out there like that. I was doing plays at church too at that time. Okay. Everything's at the church house, right? Of course, you know, of course. So, area. so as a as a child, what do you picture yourself or imagine yourself being um, when you quote unquote grew up? I I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. I did want to be an artist. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do exactly to be bold enough to do that. But I know I didn't want to do, like, other stuff. Right. Like, I didn't want to be no regular person. Well, not, I mean, not regular, <laughs> but I got bored with stuff easily. And so that was the only thing I liked and didn't get bored with. Right. So okay. I'm like, let me figure out how to make money with this. All right. So how would you start figuring it out? Like, um, as you're going through high school? When it got that? serious? 
And I really got serious about it after I got lupus. Because mm-hmm. I almost passed away like my junior year. I lost like 40% of my body weight. Like it was happening. Wait, so let's talk about that. Me. Let's talk about that. So, all right, so you're in high school uh-huh. at the time. You said you're a junior year? Uh-huh. So how do you find out that you have that you had lupus? I was running track. Okay. And um, I was swelling up every day after practice. And uh, I'm like, man, that's weird. I thought it was because I was out of shape. So I didn't think of nothing. But literally, I couldn't walk after practice. Like, my knees would swell, like, that big. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where they were about to do orthopedic surgery on my knee. They were saying, like, my knee was causing my ankles to swell. And um, they didn't see anything on the x-ray, but they felt it. So they were going to operate on my leg. And, like, I think a day before, they did the operation. My hands started swelling. And then my pediatrician was like, well, pause that. Because that has nothing to do with the knee. knee. And don't, you know, don't give her surgery. And then they did more tests. And pretty much that's how they found out. Mm. Um, Like that. And then it was like. Shortly after, um, I what, started. What, when they when they informed you, uh-huh. did they knew it was lupus at the time? Um, yeah, when they told me, they told me I had lupus, but I had been sick for about a year. Okay, so did you did you knew what that meant? No, oh. I I only I had heard of it from America's Next Top Model because the girl on there had it and her hair was falling out, mm. and so I remember thinking, oh, all my hair gonna fall out. Uh-huh. I remember thinking, I remember saying when I was trying to figure it out, I can have everything but lupus. Like, I'm like, I'll uh, have the junior arthritis, uh-huh. junior rheumatoid arthritis, all the other diseases we were looking up that looked like what I had. And I'd be goddamn if I didn't get exactly what I said. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, I'm not saying that no more. Right. So I ended up having it. And at that point, I kind of was glad I knew what it was. Um, but mine was different from hers because it was attacking, like, my insides, not my, I didn't have, like, the external. Uh-huh. It, I had SLE lupus, so it attacks the, it can attack the organs and the skin and the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was they couldn't figure out what it was attacking, mm. and so um, I was had intractable vomiting, and um, they couldn't make me stop throwing up, so I was just losing weight. And my mom didn't want me to have a feeding tube, so I was just losing weight. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't treat me for lupus because it didn't look like lupus. So I'm in the hospital, but they're giving me all these medicines, nothing's working. So after like four months of being in the hospital, and I'm getting smaller and smaller, and then my mom kept refu- refusing the feeding tube. They treated me with a lupus medication, a steroid, which is used for most autoimmune diseases. And then I finally started eating the next day. Mm. Um, well, all this time. They could have gave it to me. Right. But, you know, doctors have to figure it out. Yeah, quote, unquote. Whatever. Right. So after that, I mean, life was just different for me. So, yeah. So tell me about it. Like, w- one day you're a regular child. Yeah. Running track. Mm-hmm. 11th grade. Yeah. And the next thing you know, a couple months later, mm-hmm. you're in the hospital. Yeah. Right before I had auditioned for a show, and then I remember um, I auditioned for Greece, and um, I couldn't finish because I went to the hospital. So I think Melanie ended up taking my um, my role in that show, and um, that was just a lot. But I, I had finally got the courage, and then I had to stop doing it. And then it was kind of one of those things I couldn't be in the sun with lupus, so I'm like, well, you know, I'm supposed to perform anyway. I guess this is kind of mm-hmm. segueing me into even more. But I'm like, life is short. Like, everything became more serious. Mm. I think I kind of got more serious just in general. So, tell me about your thought process. Like like, like I said, it's a stark like, difference between going from regular day life and the next thing you know. It's like stuff wasn't it's, such a big deal no more. Like, I I didn't complain about anything. Mm. Like, I don't complain to this day. Like, I just kind of... Everything became small that we worried about in high school. Mm. Like, worrying about boys. I don't, even, I don't think I talked to no boys after that. Mm. Like, I kind of was just 
to myself. Right. Um, everything was like me focused on my family because a lot of people disappeared too. Like I was gone for a, a long time and I could tell you how many phone calls I got wow. or how many messages I got. You know, and then I got back to school and everybody tells me, oh, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you. I'm like, I've been in the hospital for months. Right. Like, even if you, you know, in high school at that time, you can't drive to a hospital. Right. But you could message me, everybody on MySpace, something at the time. Like, right. I heard from mostly nobody. Well, let it be, <laughs> let it be known, I had already graduated. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Yeah, 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 nothing personal. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, no. But, you know, it's like, it was like you understood, like, who would really be there for you. And so that's something you usually don't understand until adulthood, mm -hmm. you know. But I understood that very early on, who my real friends were, um, how many friends I didn't have that I thought I had, mm -hmm. um, how quickly your life could change, mm -hmm. you know. Because I I was always kind of naive to the severity of it. But, you know, when I realized, I'm like, damn, I could have died, you know. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Um, so it was like you got to um, focus because I'm like, if I die tomorrow, was I really doing what I love to do? Was I really pursuing it? You know, or was I doing what was expected of me? And so I'm like, well, let me try and pursue it while while I can, you know, mm -hmm. and then do it as much as I can until I can't do it no more. Because mm -hmm. I really don't, you know, I didn't, I kind of felt like, well, maybe I'm not one of those people who are meant to live a long life. Mm. You know, I kind of felt like that. Like, maybe I'm not going to be one of those people who live a long time. Mm. And so what am I going to do? Because I, I really don't know how long I'll live. Because a flare can happen, and you really don't know how long you'll be in that flare. I mean, now I have faith. You know, mm -hmm. I had faith then, but I kind of, I did have that thought process. Like, I don't know how long I'll live, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so if you have that behind you, if you really think like that, it puts like a different fire under you. Like, I started applying to art schools. Right. I started looking for different stuff I could do. Uh -huh. um, I got to sing for Obama, like, right after that, um, just by me um, saying I was a singer wow. and volunteering for the campaign. You know, like all this stuff started happening, like, you know, God showing me that it was like things could happen for me if right. I worked towards it. And so, you know, put, mm -hmm. put a fire into me. Right. And so, maybe stop playing around. So, a flare. Mm -hmm. What exactly is a flare? Because I'm not familiar at all. That's when it's active. Okay. So, that's when the, um, the lupus is active. Okay. Okay. Um, now I have um, neuromyelitis optica and lupus. Apparently, if I've always had the sister disease, it's like two diseases. Mm -hmm. Lupus most of the time comes with two diseases because it's autoimmune. Okay. Um, and so it's pretty much whenever those antibodies are are active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know. And then for me, primarily, um, it affects my spinal cord, and that's the neuromyelitis optica, which I just found out I recently had. Right. I remember you and I were on the phone? Yeah. And yeah. It, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Shit, I ain't even know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, and so for me, I, I'm paralyzed. Like, uh -huh. typically, that's the symptoms. I can't walk or mm -hmm. um, I can't, like, the worst of it, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't move the one arm, like, stuff. You know, that's so it stops my life. Right, right, completely. right. And what's your, what's your, like, thought process through that? you like, yo, I'm going to do everything I can to get better? <laughs> or what is it? In college, because I had, I think, three paralyzation episodes in college. Um, that's why it took longer for me to finish. But um, well, at least you finished. Cause I know I, finished. I did it. God is good. I did it. You go, but you look at you. You are still doing awesome stuff. Well, thank you know you. that was just a goal of mine that I had to do because so much stuff was happening for me not to do it. Uh -huh. So I was like proving it. Damn it, I'm a fish. Right, right. Screw, um, screw you, lupus. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah. So um, during in the beginning, like the first episodes that happened, I never felt like that was my permanent situation. 
Like I was a very happy mm. wheelchair person. I was a very happy. Um, like my legs were numb for a long time, but numb to the point where I could move them, but I walk slow. Mm-hmm. And like you know how your feet feel when they go dead. Yeah, that's how my Ooh. feet felt all the time. Right, like every day. It's sort of painful too. Um, you know, you could your body adjusts to anything. That's right. Like you know, pain becomes not pain when you deal with it for that's, so long. That's so true. probably after a couple months, I was used to numb feet. You have an incredible mindset. <laughs> Thank you. Where do you think this comes from? Is it is it is it based in faith? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. um, before, I think. Um, I have a, a, a aunt who has neuromyelitis optica too. Ironically, we grew up on the same street, hmm. and um, yeah, that, I found that odd. But you know, it's a whole other situation because it doesn't affect like seventy thousand people. Wow! Um, so it just happened to both of y'all live on the same street and, and in the same family. Style. Exactly. But, you know, um, that's a whole other investigation I plan on doing. Mm-hmm. But um, she told me, you know, the thing about being sick, you are you are alone so much. That it forces you to be closer to God. Mm. And so um, when she told me that, I'm like, okay. Um, so God gave me peace without me asking for it. It was one of those things, which is why I never worried during the situations. Um, it wasn't until I got older and I was trying to rush life happening. Like I didn't have the security of college. Like, cause it's like once I start back walking, I'm going to go back to college. I have my spot, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good. But when you're in your own life and you're trying to make stuff happen and you're like, oh, I want to move to Atlanta or L.A. because there's more opportunities there and I need to go there. And then you get sick and then your life stops. You already got bills now. You got car notes. You know, you have credit scores you're worried about. Mm-hmm. You have bills you can't meet. And them credit people don't care when you tell them, oh, I'm having a flare. I can't. So when do you think you make the payment, man? Wow. You know, they're not. They don't care nothing about you being sick or that is medical. They're not going to give you no thing. And so. When your credit score is dropping from the 700s, you in the low fives, mm-hmm. you know, you just sick. You can't work at all. Um, all these things are happening. It's a different pressure mm-hmm. that you put on yourself. And so that peace, um, I realized I had, God was telling me, you have to ask for it now. Mm-hmm. You know, all this time, I, I've always given you peace without you. And I felt like the devil was intentionally attacking my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if your mind is um, weakened, then your, bo- your, kind of your, bottle follow, your body follows suit. You know, I wasn't supposed to walk again. I wasn't supposed to move my hand again. I wasn't supposed right. to move my leg again. And here you are. They told me I wasn't going to walk. You know, you came, and I you came here. And, you came here in heels. Hey, go, glory. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jesus. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they was telling me that, and I never believed them. But during this other episode, I'm like, well, dang, am I going to be where I could only walk a couple of steps? I started believing. I'll feel like that for a while. And then I realized um, that was intentional because my mind has always been that way. Like, it's like my family is so used to seeing me happy, sick. They don't, you know, I always say I cry in the shower Mm. because, you know, it's so much on the people around you that the idea of you crying and pain around them is just too much for Mm -hmm. for people to deal with. Mm. I I felt so I would always, you know, cry in the shower. But this time I was having like outbursts in public. You know, like, it was just totally different. I wasn't used to it. My family wasn't used to it. It was like torture. Um, And it's just because my mind was weak. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be physically weak but mentally strong and then get physically strong and kind of meet up. Right. But if you're mentally weak, the physicality follows and then you just kind of dooming. You know, and I went into a depression and, you know, different things. So how how do you find yourself out of that? Like, how do you make yourself mentally strong, as you say? Well, admitting that you're depressed and um, being self-aware, um, uh-huh. you know, acknowledging 
that you're playing a part in how things are going. Like, even if I couldn't walk, I could have a better attitude. Mm -hmm. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I can't treat people a certain way or be irritable and justified just because I'm sick. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff that I would never do in the past because I always had this, this attitude. I was mad at God. You know? I was like, you know, I keep going through this. Like, I'm getting older every time something happens. I'm sick for like a year. Like, mm -hmm. it don't be like I be sick for like a month. No, I be debilitated for like mm -hmm. a full year. Like, like college, the same thing. As soon as I get to college, then the whole summer from college, I couldn't do like any acting work because I'm I'm trying to recover. Then I got to take off an, a whole year and then uh, almost a year and a half recovering. Then as soon as I got out of college, I'm good. And then um, start saving, working a job. So start working a regular job. I'll never do that. Now I'll never put myself <laughs> a regular job again. When I say because I got I got I feel like I part part of the reason why I flared. Was I was overworking. What were you doing? I was um, the rec director of two foster homes. Okay. Um, and I um, pretty much facilitated like all of their um, arts activities and, you know, taught them theater and exposed them to different stuff. But, mm. you know, it was it was a lot. But I'm like, okay, I'm saving. You know, I'm saving, I'm saving, I'm saving. Then I got sick um, from working so much on something that wasn't my dream. It was literally to save. So I'm like, I would have felt better about myself if I got sick doing something I that was, I felt was like my end goal. Right. You know, if I would have got sick traveling and performing and trying to pursue my singing or my acting, that's one thing. But to get sick working at somebody's job that's going to hire somebody else, so it hit me right. different. Yeah. And then it was a nonprofit, so they didn't pay into the unemployment tax. I got no money when I couldn't work. Wow. You know, I got nothing. So I had all these bills, you know, um, that I had accumulated from me being able to maintain this certain lifestyle to me making no money. Mm -hmm. So me just literally trying to figure out a way to make enough money to get my car note because I didn't want a repossession on my. So how do you? How, how's that work? Does that is that family helping out? Family or? helping me. They would let me come in for like a a day. That job would let me come in for like a day, or um, that I that I could do something and pay me as an independent contractor. And if I would come in like a day a week, one and pretty much you know sit there. I had a friend who worked there would drive me to work. Um, so I could work and get enough money to pretty much pay my car note. Right. And that's pretty much like the amount of money I had. My parents took care of me. Like, they fed me. You right. know, all of that extra stuff. They provided me with gas. And I pretty much worked there just enough to be able to keep my car. Right. That was it. Right. Yeah. Wow, wow. So, you say these, these flares come in like, you know, I guess, segments. And then, like, you're mm -hmm. sick for, like, Long years. Of time. So, now that you're, like, now that you're healthy. Mm-hmm. Do you look like you? Do you, you say you have a sense of urgency, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I feel pressure. Is I don't it, feel as much pressure. Yeah, sometimes. Is, is, is it pressure or is it a sense of urgency or like a renewed, um, like revi revitalization? If we want to say it like that. Um, I think mentally I've been revitalized because I went to therapy. Mm -hmm. I, I saw a therapist. Um, she really helped me. You know, because I think. Um, I'm partially also like my own worst critic. Like I'm very hard on myself. Every time I would gain weight, I wouldn't want to perform, you know, because mm -hmm. I was used to being a certain size. Like even at this size, I'd be trying to figure out, I'm like, ooh, like I, I was about to ask you then. I'm like, okay, listen to your therapist in your head. <laughs> I'm like, how do I look on that camera? Do I look big? And then I'm like, I didn't say nothing. You look great. You know, but that's, that's just, you know, that's the mindset. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, I really felt like in order to, um, especially like acting is different. Um, but as far as the music industry is concerned, like I've postponed to putting out records just because I wanted to be a certain size 
um, to perform the record. Right. You know, but it's like, goddamn, well, if I don't get to that size in a certain time, am I going to waste six months trying to get to that size right. before I do something? Which is what I did. Mm. I've definitely wasted, like, times where I've been healthy, where I could have done something, or I've had, like, opportunities. I passed with opportunities just because I didn't like how I looked. Like, you know, my weight fluctuates so much with the steroids that every time I'm on steroids, I deal with deep insecurities because I've already had low self-esteem. And so that on top of me not being a certain, thinking I look a certain way, even though when I looked good, I didn't think I looked good. So then <laughs> me thinking I looked worse, it just didn't help me. Right. Um, so I kind of ended up holding myself back. So then once mentally I can be aware um, of fear and, you know, because sometimes I could justify me not doing something based on, oh, well, you may not feel that well. Mm -hmm. Or you're a little tired, so you don't got to go, girl. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, let me acknowledge. I'm scared of what somebody might think because I feel like I should look a certain way or this should be happening. And so I'm going to stay home. Mm -hmm. You know, and so now that I'm more conscious of that fear, I can um, kind of face it more head on right. than me kind of pretending like it's not there. Right. That it's not a real issue. Right. You know, for me. Yeah, I feel as though... Each person has their own insecurities, like mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. And it's not a unique thing. Everybody mm -hmm. has their own insecurities. So knowing that you have insecurities just like I do, mm -hmm. why should I be afraid? Why should I be fearful? Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I should go ahead and give myself permission to do what I want to do, yeah. regardless of what another human being we'll may, think may think. Yeah. Because I don't even know if they're thinking that. Right. But you assume and you yeah. put the worst thoughts in your head. 100%. Child, you know, you just psych yourself out. And then what would happen with me is I would perform, like, I think I ended up being, like, 240, mm -hmm. um, like, my biggest. And um, and then, you know, it puts weight in my face. It's just terrible for me. I mean, I hate it, but whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll, I will go and perform it and be like, oh, I got a good response. Because, you know, talent speaks for itself. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can sing, like, and I'm, looking at you know, your size, they're looking at, you know, you're a singer, like, right. you, you sound good, whatever. But, um, and then what would happen is I would go and it wouldn't be too bad, but then I would wait, like, a month before I go again. And then the same anxiety mm. would build up because I didn't stay consistent with going. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you got to stay consistent when you're trying to overcome certain fears because if not, every time you do it, you know, it's going to be anxiety because you just postpone it so much and then mm -hmm. you keep... You know, before you know it, a whole year didn't pass you by, and you've done, like, three shows. Right. So you're an advocate for therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's necessary. Right. <laughs> if I could have a therapist for life, I would. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh -huh. some stuff you got to talk about. Yeah, 100%. You know, as much peace as you can get with God, you need tools. Well, and you know? that's why you put the therapist here. Hello. Right. You know, he works with people. 100%. I believe it. 100%. You know, I'm not one of the people pray on it, nah. Talk on it. Talk on, talk on it. <laughs> right. Because, you know, you would go crazy, you know. It ain't like, it ain't, you know, God ain't, he will give you signs and he will give you wisdom and, you know, the right people around you. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to just, you know, you may hear a voice, you know, if you're blessed and, you know, you're in that keen spirit. But God ain't just coming down and saying, oh, like that ain't how it works, mm -hmm. you know. So you gotta take some of this shit. Like, gotta meet him halfway, right? You know, so give him room to speak to you. But right. if you don't take the necessary steps, then what's gonna happen? Right, one hundred percent. Right, I love <laughs> it. Nothing gonna happen. Right, right. I love so it. I love I've it. Learned. I've grown. Right. So, grown. so where are you now? Where am I now? Mm. I am um, mentally. I'm good. I'm good. I feel like I'm definitely. 
heading in the right direction. You feel you feel mentally great. Like your your spirit is is shining. We spoke on the phone the other day. Spirit yeah. shining. Yeah, I'm good. I'm definitely good. I'm way better than I was a couple months ago. Uh-huh. You know, even and I'm saying even a couple months ago. Because mm-hmm. I didn't do therapy until last year, and I did it like six months of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely just helped me um, hold myself accountable more. Mm-hmm. You know, like realize how am I postponing my own destiny right. based on my own decisions. Right. You know, outside of the um, obstacles I can't control, right. which is, you know, the, the illnesses, the lupus and the NMO or whatever. Like those are things that can happen even now. And it's like, okay, you know, I don't think you're ever prepared for it, but I hope with the tools I have now that even through a flare, I'll still choose to do what I love to do. Right. You know, usually I'll wait till I'm towards the end of a flare mm-hmm. and then I start feeling a, or looking a little, let's be honest, looking a little more normal and then I'll start back kind of doing acting gigs and stuff like that instead of doing it throughout or sharing like throughout. Uh, I'll cut myself off from the world and then when I feel like I look acceptable to the world mm. I pop back up yeah. yeah and those are like falsehoods yeah acceptable uh-huh. normal uh-huh. Do yeah. you, so do you think you can push yourself through those falsehoods now yeah. yes I can before clearly not of course I can do it, but right, now right. I think I can right, yeah. Right, right. yeah yeah I because, can because who who is who is anyone to quote unquote accept you right you know that's the point i I exist you can't seek acceptance i I exist i Mm -hmm. i am accepted right 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 you're you're as i come right you know it's like but you know you have this idea and i've been a certain people do treat you differently when you're a certain size as an artist Uh i don't care what they say Uh i've been both Right. You know, I have been slim, fine, waist snatched, <laughs> and um, I have been um, heavier, uh-huh. cute girl, uh-huh. but the heavier girl. And you are treated differently. Mm. You are treated differently by promoters. You are treated differently um, by people. Women are actually typically nicer, ironically. Mm. I've I and I also find women are nicer when I have my natural hair than when I have weave. Really? I don't know what that is, but natural hair looks like. <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, I've, I've noticed that too, but, um, to say you're, you, you know, people who, you know, mess with you, you know, or who truly, you know, um, enjoy music Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, arts, regardless, they're, they'll, um, you know, treat you the same, but then people who have a particular motive or feel like artists should have a particular image when dealing with you, mm -mm, Mm -hmm. it's different. It's but I feel as though we're in a day and age where those people don't have as much control over people's careers as they used to. No, not anymore. To a certain extent, um, it depends on how you look at it. Well, because you don't need execs. Yeah, you not really even, yeah. Like if you push hard enough, I mean, it's hard as hell. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can definitely do it w- without that. Um, but if you're trying to get some assistance, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I always like I, I've. <laughs> dibbled and dabbled in music industry a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, Are you a manager? I used to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm sorry, Chastity. You've come to the wrong place. Let me sit my teeth, darling. I used to be, and I, but I used to tell the artists all the time, don't let uh, this, shoot, this vision 
of an executive control what you think your career is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Like, it's up to you. Don't put your career in the hands of someone, of someone else that you don't even, one, know, and then two, that you might not even meet. Like, there's mm -hmm. many artists out here who are literally pushing, pushing, pushing for this dream of sitting at this boardroom table and somebody putting the contract in front of their face. Mm -hmm. That is the wrong dream. Right. Like, the dream should be being self-sufficient. Absolutely. Building structure for yourself. Right. Building a actual, because you are a business. Like, the artist yeah. is a business, right? So, building a business out mm -hmm. of yourself. So, putting CEOs around you, right? Your manager, your marketing manager, your your team, your supporters. Those people right. are your, your employees, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. So, focus on that rather than, oh, I'm trying to get to this tall building in New York and say right. this big conference room in, you know, on the 32nd floor. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be the goal. The goal yeah. is self-sufficient. Absolutely. And then once that happens, you can literally pick and choose uh -huh. what you want to do. Because they'll come to you, right. right? And that's just same thing with business. Same thing mm -hmm. with business. Once you build a sustainable business mm -hmm. that has a repeatable process that proves success, mm -hmm. other people will come and want to buy your business. Right. Right. That's facts. Same exact thing. Facts. Same exact thing. Yeah. Absolutely, I accept. Yeah. So I'm sorry I can't manage you, but it's okay. It's okay. I can consult. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, consultant. Right. I so, appreciate you. So what's up? What's up with the music? What's up with, with the shows? What's going on? Okay, well, um, I haven't booked any, you know, acting is gig to gig. So I haven't booked anything as of yet, but, you know, I'm always looking for auditions. I am writing, so I'm trying to mic because, you know, before it was like, well, there's not a lot of work down here for um, African Americans or, you know, people of color, however you want to call it, um, with the theaters. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, well, let me, you know, I have friends who create their own work. I'm like, let me create some work, mm -hmm. you know, because if, if the work ain't going to come to you, then create it. Right. You know, because you may have three or four black, quote unquote, black shows a year or a show that needs one black actress. So every black actress in South Florida theater yeah. is going out for the one role, right. you know, or the three or two, you know, however many it is that's mm -hmm. out there. And so I'm in the process of writing a web series, and I'm excited about nice, that. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to be filming a web series with a, a good poet of mine, a good friend of mine, too. And so I'll let you guys know. If you if you want to pitch your web series to like a videographer or a director, mm -hmm. I got somebody in mind for you. Oh, that's what I like to hear. So that's why you got to know people that know people yeah. that know people. Yeah. He's really, networking. really interested in people who have ideas. Okay. And he, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, why he, totally. thri he, he thrives off of that. Oh, that's what's so, up. Yeah. I'm excited about that. And then I'm finally going to be releasing my first record. I can't um, wait. I'm excited. Close to me. Oh, snap. Um, yeah, I got my photo shoot this weekend. Okay. With Shoot Me by Jade. Fabulous, fabulous photographer. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming. Like I've always, even now I felt like I probably could have lost 10 more pounds before I did the photo shoot. Chassie. But then I was like, then I was like, I was like. No. However you is, is however you're going to be. And that's fine right now. You know? And I showed my, I free spoke, and I said, you look fine. And, yeah. There you go. I did it. Go. So, yeah. So, I didn't post for my um, photo shoot. I'm going to do it this weekend. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be releasing it. So, I'm excited about it. I'm going to go around performing it and. Pushing the record and then as you, much as I can. You'll be back on the podcast to talk about it. Exactly, and play it. 
All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was going to ask you for a sample, but, uh, you know. Oh, uh, you can have a little sampleization plus. <laughs> Civilization. Yeah. All right, give me give me like a line, please. A two line something. Oh, of the song? Oh, you gonna make me sing? Well, one? you don't have to if you don't Ooh. want to. You know what? How about this? When the song is complete, uh-huh. send it to me. Okay. We'll feature on the podcast. I accept. All right. Yes. Because yes, I feel yes. like it's rude for me to do that to your art. I, I want you to present it in the way in that, that you intended to be. That's why I like you. We're, we're right here. We're right here. Thank you. We're right here. Thank we're right you. here. So, Chastity, yeah. let the people know where they can find you. Well, you can find me at I Am Chastity Heart on IG, Chastity Heart on Facebook, and I Am Chastity Heart on Twitter. Okay? I Am Chastity Heart. <laughs> I love the outro. I love the outro. Okay. And so, we do one thing before we end. Okay. Uh, so you're having your cup of coffee or your tea, whatever you have in the morning. Uh, yes, I yes, personally yes. drink coffee. This okay. is Thoughts Over Coffee podcast. What is the thought that keeps you going? What's, the, what's that one thought that you that you think of when you wake up? Um, the one thought that keeps me going is um, this is not the end. Um, God has more. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, because um, I feel like I'm not satisfied with where I am, but you can't get stuck in that. It's like, you, you, when you, the older you get, the more you put pressure on yourself that certain things are supposed to happen. But, you know, I just feel like if I keep at it, you know, God will always do the rest and will show me more than I could, what I even imagined for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, things are happening maybe slow in my eyes, but if I believe that if I keep doing my part, then it's not the end because God has the last say mm-hmm. in what happens for me. Um, then I'm good. You right. know, I really shouldn't be worried. Right. You know, now it's one thing if I'm not doing what I need to do, but if I know that I'm doing my due diligence and giving him everything you work with, mm-hmm. then why am I worried? And you, you have to remember too, I think we have, God doesn't operate on human time. Exactly. He doesn't operate in time. He, <laughs> he's outside he's of time right above all okay right so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah for sure time. yes yes so that, that would be my thought I love it I love it cause you can get discouraged very easily yeah so I love it that's my that's my that's my yeah. All right. So that was your thought over your coffee. Over my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for listening. As always, please subscribe to the podcast. Send it to somebody that you know, somebody that you think will love this podcast. Share it. Send it to them. They need it. Yes. Uh, and we need to listen. So let's do it. Um. Without further ado, peace. Blessings. Peace. Cheers. <laughs> Yeah. That's gonna be messing up. Now, you good. You oh, good. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. Do it again. Peace. No. Bless it. You gotta do yeah. it again. We're, we're, oh, you we're recording. You nah. can mute me out. No, we're oh. recording. Let's do it. Peace. Blessings. Cheers. Cheers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Perfect.